Hello and welcome back to the TBN UK Take 5 podcast. I'm Taylor and today I'm talking to an amazing couple, Amit and Michelle, who started India Meets Ghana and they've shared their interracial relationship and their story on YouTube with their many, many followers. Now, they've definitely overcome some hurdles and so I chat with them a little bit about family disputes, culture clashes and hope for the future. But before we listen to that, I caught up with the TBN UK team as we took five to discuss our travels around the world. Let's take a listen. So I am here with Emily, our production manager, and Graham, our post-production manager. Um, and we're just having a chat about holidaying, aren't we? We are. So if you could go anywhere and have an all-expenses-paid trip... Where would you go next? Well, I would go to New Zealand Mm. because when I was growing up, we would never fly anywhere. We only went places we could drive. Wow. So we used to drive. I used to live up north of England and we used to drive to the south of France for our holidays. Nice. In a horrible old VW van that had no air conditioning and the seats were like bolted in it was terrible but it was lovely so now it's like i want to get as far away as i can when i go <laughs> yeah. on holiday in new zealand until we can fly to the moon new zealand is about as far as you can go mm, plus cool. my little sister lives there now oh really oh, nice so i would visit her right for you know free food and lodging <laughs> And then I would go and do some kind of Lord of the Ringsy tour, and see all the mountains oh. and glaciers and Hobbit, Hobbit Land, or whatever it's called. Hobbit Land. So your sister's there. You just said you were gonna like go there for free food and free stuff, but you've got all expenses paid. So is it like, oh. would it be better to do that? Just pay for the flights and just say with like pay for the flights, just stay with your sister, and then use this luxury trip oh, I just won't stay with my sister <laughs> okay. sweet and then I will yeah stay in Hobbit world and buy an orc <laughs> buy an orc very cool um, I don't know where I'd go there's so many places on my list like I'm not saying I'd go to the south of France but I was just going to say I've never been to the south of France everyone says it's amazing it's lovely hmm where would I go um I'd quite like to go to kind of like, oh, I feel like everybody says this right now, but everyone says Bali, don't they? Like, I want to go to Bali, or I'm going to Bali, Vietnam. Yeah. That thing. I'd love to do that. Um, do, you or, like, do you like insects and spiders and that sort I'm of not, stuff? I'm not. Snakes? I'm not. I don't mind snakes. I just think they're quite cool. Uh, don't like spiders. That's why I stayed away from Australia, because I think you're right. If you've got all expenses paid, you want to you know, get the most for your money and go as far well, away. I guess you, you can have like a flamethrower. As part of your expenses, so you can like, you know, nuke all the spiders before you. Or insect repellent, which would be a job. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, to their own. I don't like really like killing things. Ooh. So if there's a spider in the flat, 
like we let it go we let it out and that's an ordeal but i just i can't i can't bring myself to kill them because mm. i know it's my fault like i am the problem you know um so when they are the problem they've invaded your property yeah. let's be honest true do you know if you put conkers around your house like conkers or wherever they need to be spiders don't like them yeah and human hair what? <laughs> Just leave my hairbrush out then. That's fine. Moving on. <laughs> Can you get a conkers in every country? Or is it just in... I don't think so. Mm. I think only if there's a specific tree, probably. I can't imagine you getting conkers in Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, no, but I do have thousands in the garage. Um... <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm a real king collector. No. Uh, we. Do you, re- do you have a conker tournament? No. <laughs> sounds so strange no we recently got married and there was kind of like a theme like seasons theme and we collected conkers like the year before for the wedding oh that's yeah and then i keep them for like event stuff (laughs) so anyway (laughs) i feel like you're really trying not to laugh at me but i don't know why (laughs) what garage full of conkers (laughs) it's got other stuff in there i think for me places i would travel to Moving on. Um, <laughs> Seamless link. My dream is Peru. Yes, Machu Picchu. Yeah, I want to climb Machu Picchu and go on the Inca Trail and buy a poncho. Um, so that's another one that has that would be great if it was all expenses paid. I've got I've got a little thing about Machu Picchu. <gasps> Tell me. There's a hotel at the top of Machu Picchu where you pay based on the fullness of the moon. Wow. Because there's no lights up there. So it's like full moon is like the most expensive night. Oh, wow. And then like no moon is like cheaper. So it's like so it's like holiday in the dark, get it high half price. Yeah. Because the moon's not out. Yeah. They don't have electricity. I think they're not allowed to put it on at night or something. Wow. Spoil the moon. Ambience. Spoils mm. the moon. Correct. <laughs> so make sure oh. you bring night goggles. Yeah. Visiting. Well, hopefully, if all expenses paid, you you can go at full moon. Um, yeah. My my grandpa actually for his 80th birthday promised, in quotes, quote unquote, promised that he would take his whole family there <gasps> on the full moon night, and we'd book out the hotel because like 50 rooms. Oh, and that's there. so sweet. Mm. It never happened. Oh. He's 90 now. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for talking to me, both of you. Um, I heard you've got an afternoon without the kids, so you could make some time. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we thought if we had them here, it would literally just be screaming and shouting in the background. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd want to get involved. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, obviously, you guys are married. How long have you been married now? We've been married four years in September. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice, coming up. And hopefully in September you'll be able to get out and do something nice, maybe. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. <laughs> been at home for too long. Oh, I know, yeah. But you still sound happy, so that's good. You're doing well. <laughs> so your story is really great. You've shared it on YouTube. It's a lot of fun to kind of, well, indirectly get to know you guys on the YouTube channel. Um, 
but you guys met in high school and you kind of hit some bumps in the road in terms of sharing with your family members um, the fact you were dating and your intentions as things got a bit more serious. Um, so can you just explain a little bit for us, maybe both of you, what your original family perspectives might have been maybe when you were growing up about dating and about marriage and what that would look like? Yeah, sure. So from my perspective, given my background, um, I'm an Indian and, you know, within the Indian community, there's various kind of views and, and almost like rules or community rules, um, which you should kind of follow or aspire to kind of abide by in terms of whether it be your career, your education, um, who you marry and probably marry, who you marry is probably one of the biggest ones in terms of you know, marrying within your kind of culture, within your race. Um, it's very frowned upon if you marry someone of a different race. Um, and there's kind of like right. a wider context to that as well in terms of within the Indian community, there's um, something that's quite well known, which is the caste system. Um, and it all kind of centers around the complexion of your skin, um, benchmarking one Indian to another Indian based on the type of job they do or their career and, and so forth. So the caste system also plays quite a, a key role in like who who you should aspire to marry so for me marrying Michelle for example as soon as I met Michelle and started dating Michelle I knew that there was that was going to be a big problem from my family's perspective in terms of the fact that she's um black I knew that was going to be one of their biggest kind of um almost like a fear factor to them and I would say from my perspective growing up um dating and relationships it was always one of those things where you wait until you finish your studies, finish university, and then we know you're ready for marriage kind of thing. So it was always like, even if you are dating, you're dating with the intention of marriage. That is not just, I'm just going to try this guy out this week or this guy out this week. So it's kind of like, you have to be very intentional. And I think my parents never said to me, oh, like, you have to marry someone from Ghana or a black person. It was kind of just like, I guess, I, I always thought I would marry a black person because that's just what I saw my family doing like my cousins all married kind of within the same race um if not from someone else from Ghana um but I think one of the things that they did make clear is that that person would have to be a Christian that was that was my parents kind of only real I guess um criteria um just because faith to us is just it's a very big deal and I think um I can't speak for everyone but there can be a lot of clashes when you do marry outside of your religion especially if you are I guess a strong believer in your own so um, that was just one of the big things that they had but other than that it was kind of like a free-for-all I think <laughs> <laughs> as long as you had those tick boxes anything's all right there <laughs> um so I guess hearing those I guess I don't know if criteria is the right word but hearing those situations I guess Amit you met someone who was a different race um different culture in many ways and then Michelle you'd met someone who wasn't yet a Christian is that right so there are a couple of couple of uh bumps to kind of get over so what did you have in common maybe we, let's flip it to the positive when you met um you were just teenagers what did you have in common why were you drawn to each other um to be fair that's actually a really good question probably one that we haven't really been asked before but I think <laughs> in terms of what we did have in common I think like because we we came together in school we were I was quite a competitive person maybe not necessarily academically but just in general I was very competitive but Michelle was actually very intelligent um so the fact that we were in a lot of classes together I think I naturally saw it almost like a competition that in terms of you know who's going to score the highest result in like the class test or who's going to do best in 
um, subject X, Y, and Z. So I think that's where it kind of stemmed from in terms of we we were, you know, we were both quite um, intelligent and we kind of spurred each other on in terms of like revising, studying, and kind of pushing each other to achieve the best possible outcome in our exams. And I think from my perspective, so in the beginning, I didn't really like Amit. I mean, I thought his personality was just too out there for me and I was very like quiet, I guess, until myself. But I think one thing I do love is a funny person and I Amit mean, was that's one thing you can't put against him. Like he's always been funny. So he always knew how to make me laugh. Like his jokes and stuff. And then we kind of it evolved. It evolved into like a friendship. And then from there, just like we were inseparable. Um. So yeah, everyone just knew yeah. Anna and Michelle are always together. And it's like like what Amit said. Like we always spur each other on in terms of whatever we're doing. We kind of want to aim higher to do it together as well. So yeah, yeah. I would say that's what we had in common. Yeah, I think laughter is so important, isn't it? But tell me the truth then. Who came out with the better grades? Who really won? I did. I did. <laughs> I was laughing because he knows. Yeah. Yeah, I have to give that one to Michelle. She uh, she outperformed me there. <laughs> so um, in terms of the bigger, maybe some of the issues that are a bit more significant, um, just in terms of your differing faiths and differing family views, what made it worth it? pursuing the kind of oh you know this is moving on from friendship when those thoughts came up in each of your heads what made it worth kind of continuing to pursue that and taking the kind of brunt of planning how to bring that to your families eventually um well for me I think it's again like I had probably met someone who you know as Michelle said like just naturally we got along we didn't have to like force like our friendship or anything like that it's two we were two people who on the surface you might have thought oh no they'll never like be best of friends or they'll never really like get along or have a really good friendship because as Michelle said she was quite timid quite quiet whereas I was quite loud and boisterous um but I think for for me it was just seeing how it kind of naturally clicked and it kind of came together and then I think seeing purpose um in kind of our friendship and seeing how our friends were reacting to our relationship growing and strengthening and I, I would yeah I would kind of link it back to like seeing what purpose there was in us as like a friendship and then growing into a relationship I think it was just the fact that I guess we're just so comfortable with each other and but I never experienced that before and we could just be open with each other there was like no real judgment there but I guess we both kind of really got each other and it's like if if we have this I guess authenticity in our relationship why should we let I guess what the what the community is saying is not really normal why should we let that stop us from I guess pursuing the relationship it's like I don't really want to just get into another relationship with someone else and it's like we don't actually really click but because everyone says I'm supposed to be the black person uh, I'm kind of forcing it whereas I didn't need to force it with Amit so yeah and and another thing I probably touch on is like I think in terms of some of those um, criteria that I mentioned to quote earlier from like the Indian community in terms of the expectations on who you should marry, I think this generation is a lot more kind of forthcoming and trying to understand actually, you know, why why are these views there? And they're not they're a bit more brave in terms of stepping out and you know kind of um, not kind of following the norm as per se and not kind of accepting some mm-hmm. of these some of these kind of um, criterias for what they are. Um, so for me personally, like I knew these criterias, criterias existed, but it kind of it didn't kind of deter me from 
you know, kind of flexing and stepping out of the norm because I knew deep down I didn't really believe or kind of didn't kind of wholeheartedly believe what some of these views were, you know, where they stemmed from. Right. Yeah, I think as well, sometimes when people hear this sort of thing, um, they can sway towards thinking maybe it stems from a racism or it's, you know, this big hate kind of thing. But actually, when you take the time to speak to people from different cultures, you can see there's actually a lot of good things that maybe families are trying to, you know, keep in their legacy, just, you know, just positive cultural um, norms, whether it be, you know, honouring the older generations or, you know, looking after your family or spending time together um, throughout the year, whatever it is, there's, there's different things around the world that are beautiful parts of culture. And so I just wonder, do you think there's kind of a, there is a place in a way where protecting your culture is a good thing? Like, do you understand in some ways where your parents were coming from in some of those more, not necessarily the way someone looks, but maybe the characteristics they're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, and I think for me, I also understand like the context of, you know, marriage is such a big thing and it's not just between two people. It's also the integration of the families. And sometimes if you marry someone of a different race, a different culture, almost when those two cultures come together, it just creates more opportunity for like potential clashes or people not having the same view and therefore there being standoffs and and so forth and I think that's you know a lot of kind of these criteria stem from that in terms of actually if we were to you know marry people of kind of the same culture the same race you know some of these um community behaviors are ingrained in us so it just reduces or minimizes the chance of like clashing um or having conflict when two like completely different families come together due to the due to a marriage for example and in saying Mm. that I feel like I realized that that was probably the biggest barrier to why at first Amit's mom probably wasn't so accepting it was just kind of like she didn't she wasn't sure if Amit marrying a black person would now mean he's no longer interested in the values that she's instilled in him as an Indian um, so I think when we had, I think we had like a big family meeting after um, Amit proposed and stuff. And I literally just said to her, like, I know Amit is Indian and I don't take that away from him. It's part of what I love about him. His culture is part of what I love about him. And a lot of the values that we have are the same. So um, in my Ghanaian tradition, family is a big thing. It's that your whole, your, your family is your community at the end of the day. Um, so you do show respect and honour your, your elders and, us getting married I would still be expected to call Amit's my mum I didn't want her to think that I would come into her family and it just I'll be using her first name because I think for some people that is a big deal like that is a big disrespect to them so I think it's just showing that you do have the same values and you are willing to I guess still carry those values in the new family that you are creating yeah for sure and I think the way you guys put it I think it could be quite eye-opening for some people because it is just remembering that it's those yeah, as I said, characteristics you'd want your child to to marry. It's it's not it's not necessarily stemming from a, a negative perception, but just something you'd really hope that they would, you know, live in and then raise their children in and whatever it is. Um, like you said, family is a big one. Um, and am I right in thinking you live you guys live with Amit's mum at the moment? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Right. So that's even that in a way is is something that's maybe stems from your culture. Because often people wouldn't think of that being part of kind of early marriage. But I chatted with Michelle before and she had good things to say. So how is that going? Yeah, no, it's going really well. And I think for me, like when we speak to people now, I think it's a it's a massive eye opener that actually, you know, when we did get married, we, we weren't living with my parents. Um, we were living separately. And then when I lost when I lost my father, 
um, my mum moved in with us. Um, and it was kind of like, wow, you know, it just goes to show you how things can work out in terms of before we got married, you know, there was, it was almost like a known conflict where there was, my mum had this issue with me marrying someone of a different race to now almost the, the complete opposite where actually we live with each other. You would never think that she even had a problem with me marrying someone of a different race, race sorry, because of how well her and Michelle get on now. Um, but it just goes to show that kind of with time and, you know, you have to give, it, it, it works hand in hand. Like we've given her the time to kind of um, get used to the idea, you know, that interaction with Michelle, she's come to learn what, who Michelle is, who, what kind of values she stands for, her mannerisms. And I, I think that's all kind of helped her um, in terms of kind of all embracing Michelle to the mm. stage where now we can we can live with each other and it, it feels no different to my mum living with Michelle or living with her biological daughter. Right. And that's gorgeous. Like that is such a beautiful, like a beautiful thing that your experience and the way, as you said, like opening yourself to these experiences that you'd never imagine happening, but they're happening because of this kind of joining of two people from different cultures. It's, it's things that other people wouldn't necessarily get to experience that you guys are on a journey in. And I think that's just wonderful. It's so nice that, um, Amit, your mum's able to have a relationship with Michelle as well. And as you say, I feel like when you live with someone, like that's it, you're going to see that person. <laughs> You'll see them clearly <laughs> for who they are. And so you guys, I think I mentioned it earlier, when you met in school, you didn't have the same faith. Um, and Amit, you became a Christian, am I right in thinking, somewhere along the way. So do you want to share a little bit about how that kind of came to be? Yeah, so in um, when we were in college, um, and all, to be fair, from the moment I met Michelle, like she would always share um, how, on a weekly basis, most like almost on a daily basis, she'd be going to church, whether it's youth meeting, choir practice, um, you know, Bible studies, and and to me, it was kind of like, wow, this is incredible! Like, what is all this that you're doing? Like, you're going to church? Like, I I had no preconceptions about what church was all I knew is that church happened on a Sunday so to kind of hear from Michelle that you know oh it's something that she was doing almost on a daily basis um and I, I think one thing that I, I that absolutely stood out to me was like she kind of had a relationship with God um which was which was a real eye-opener to me actually because she like she knew him on a personal level I would say as opposed to like a generalized level like she genuinely had a relationship um with God so like just kind of um speaking to her I started to understand more about what she does on a day-to-day basis um and just learn more about the faith and then Michelle invited me to um uh a youth a youth event, yeah. a youth event sorry um I think it was a youth crusade and um I went along while I was still in college with one of my friends um and that was my first ever time attending a church service and um I'm just trying to remember so yeah sorry so that was my first time attending um church ever and I was just blown away by it like for for me I love music so even in the time of like worship I was just like wow this is incredible like you can actually feel the presence of God um and it was just kind of like an arena or environment that I hadn't really been in before um so yeah for me it was just it was just amazing it was like a almost like a once in a lifetime experience that then changed my life wow that is amazing I love the way you describe that kind of like Michelle's demonstration of what 
Christianity really looks like the fact that it's kind of a daily thing and that it's a true relationship that is that is goals right there that is what (laughs) I want someone to say that I want someone to say that about me like I met Taylor and she showed me that church is not just a Sunday that is amazing so Michelle what what kind of drove you to kind of you know stand firm on that and share that because I think for a lot of younger people now um at the age you were so I guess you met at like 15 so then moving into college you're like 17 um what made you just you know share your faith and not compromise on that I think, to be honest, it's one of those things where I, I don't even think I thought about it. It was like it was just so natural. I think so that, I, that's the thing. If you have a natural relationship with God, it will naturally ooze out of you. So I don't think I, I, don't think I ever sat down and said, I mean, I'm going to talk to you about God today. It was just kind of like, he'd be asking me, oh, what are you doing today? I'd be like, oh, I've got choir practice today or I've got Bible study today. And it, he, it prompted him to ask me more questions and I was just very open about what I was doing. And I think it's, for me, it was a thing where I was just, at this time we were just friends. So it was just like, I'm just sharing my life with my friend. The same way you would share anything else with them or talk about a guy that you've met or talk about what you, you're going to do this weekend. It was just like very natural to me. And I just didn't, I didn't shield that from him. And I think that is what just prompted him to just ask more questions and then just be more intrigued by what was going on. And then I knew that he he, he enjoyed music. So I thought, okay, this youth, youth event, we always do like, cool stuff in terms of music and plays he'll probably enjoy it so I invited him not really knowing that this is going to be a life-changing moment for him for me it was like let's just see what happens and I I definitely do think it was God obviously that did prompt me to invite him and the fact that he did answer the call and come um because our story I guess I think that is what shaped and molded our story into what it is today right and I, I would I would probably add as well sorry like having I think the beauty is that I was from a young age able to understand Michelle's walk and kind of almost be there on the sidelines while she was embracing her walk. So I could, I could see it for what it was Um, as opposed to, let's say if I had walked into it when I was like 23 years old, for example, I would have probably had a very different understanding of her walk with God because I wouldn't have seen how she'd grown in it. Mm. So I think that played kind of like a key role as well, being able to like witness it and be there on the sidelines as as she kind of developed through it yeah for sure and I guess like what you guys are talking about is just authenticity which I'm so passionate about I love hearing that just the way you say well you know it's normal it's part of my life just like you know I went to the cinema at the weekend and then next day oh god told me something today I think it's so important that we act that way I think you've got some real key tips in just what you naturally did for people that are looking to kind of share their faith because I think the more we act like God is the norm because he literally is like if everything comes from him he is the most normal thing the most constant thing if we act that way like he always is then people just kind of go along with it and they kind of just watch us like oh well it's normal to her so let me just see how this comes out I think that's amazing and I think what, what I'd also add is that it was Michelle like is not one of those people that would like um always like talk about her faith at the forefront. You you more see it in her her acts of service or her mannerisms or her like behaviour and how she carries herself. So sometimes for me, for example, when I saw how, how she almost conducted herself as a person, I was intrigued to know like, wow, what's like what's your driving force behind you being who you are? Um, and it's kind of when you probe into that, you then understand it's her relationship with God 
um, which she speaks about quite openly, like that is what moulds her and shapes her into the person that she is today. Whereas I, I feel like sometimes people feel like in order to share their faith, they need to talk about their faith like a hundred, a hundred percent of the time. Mm. But actually, I think Michelle's approach is almost like the flip side, where she lets her her behaviour and her mannerisms do the talking for her. Right. Oh, it's so cute. And you guys are so romantic. Oh, the way you talk about each other and you <laughs> love it. And so what you're saying, I think you're spot on. And I'm just wondering, so this whole journey of spending time with one another's family, that being a priority and now living with your mum, Amit, how has your kind of faith been on show in that way, do you think, for your family? Um, I don't know if you have different faiths in your family or what the situation is, but I wonder how you kind of share some of your now relationship with God and then your relationship with God as a family. Um, has that been something that's come up at all? Yeah, so I, I wouldn't say it's, it's necessarily probably come up like explicitly in conversations. I, I, I definitely know when I started to go to church and, you know, Sunday's now become like the church day and I've now started playing a more active role in the church. I know for, like from my mum's perspective, it was a bit like, she was a bit, I wouldn't say it was strange to her. She was just amazed that, oh, wow, like you go to church every Sunday. Um, because again, it's just not something she was familiar with. Um, but I think she's at, at first she thought it was maybe a phase where like I was going because of Michelle and like, let's say if Michelle was on holiday, I wouldn't maybe go because Michelle's no longer around. But I think as those kind of events started to happen where Michelle might have been on holiday, but I was still going, she started to see that I was, okay, I would take, I take it quite seriously. And the role that I play is quite serious as well. So she kind of, um, like just accepts it and allows me to embrace it how I want to embrace it. Um, which is which is amazing yeah that's awesome and I think people parents are funny like my parents aren't Christians but they know their children right so I think what you're saying is so true they see they can see whether something is like an authentic thing or whether it's just a phase and like they watch it play out and I think I'm the same like my parents were like oh like no she's still going <laughs> you know it's not it's not stopped and they're watching they watch your behavior and I guess you guys have now got little ones so they'll be watching your parenting and we're not perfect all the time but I think parents can definitely tell you know what is real in their children what is not so that's really exciting and um, one thing that I did think just now is the things that you've experienced just as a culture so maybe in Indian culture and also Ghanaian culture your comments about um, family and showing that you know you value parents and that, you know, Amit's mum is seen as Michelle's mum. In a way, I think people forget that some of these cultures from around the world are a lot more aligned with the Bible than sometimes kind of Western British culture can be in people like our age. So, for example, honouring your parents, um, you know, looking after and supporting older people, having your eye on the widows and all of these things that are stunning you know, acts of service and of care and of love that actually can be missed. You guys are experiencing, I guess, both in family, but also as an act of your faith, which is, which is incredible. Yeah, definitely. And I think, especially that honour your mother and father one, I think a lot of people forget that is, that is a commandment in the Bible. Like, and that is carried through everywhere. Everyone, everyone wants to respect their parents. Every parent wants to be respected and it does come from the Bible. So yeah, it, these cultures are a lot more similar than, than we think, I think. So I think once people, I guess, understand that more, I think it will help you be more open to the fact that if we all, at the end of the day, have the same sort of principles, we will naturally, I guess, 
get along and I guess carry each other on the journey of relationships Mm, yeah definitely um I always get very excited because I think about heaven as well and how you know church with the big c uh, around the world everyone well not everyone but you know a lot of people are going to be there we're all going to be from different tribes different tongues um I get very excited I often hope there's going to be food in heaven but that's just a private conversation between me and God because um, I'm, I'm going to be I won't lie how I feel is that I feel like I'd be upset if there's not food because there's too many good good countries in the world that create the most incredible food um so I guess what's your guys view in terms of when you're a Christian um do you feel like you should be more open to mixing with people from other cultures or at least exploring that 100% I think at the end of the day God created man and woman he it didn't specify he didn't say I created a black a black man to only um mingle with a black like I think God's ultimate intention is for us to all just love one another the same way that Christ loved the church and for us to I guess just express the love of Christ in, in the way that we relate to other people. That it, these things shouldn't divide us. They're just, I guess, I guess they're extra tones that God has put in on earth. I guess to make our relationship more rich and more beautiful and more diverse. And God rejoices in our diversity at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I definitely think heaven will be the same way. I'm looking forward to that too. Um, but yeah, I think God rejoices in our diversity and he made us different for different reasons because we all carry different purposes and see purpose through different eyes and be able to carry out in a different way. But that doesn't mean that God loves one more than the other or less than the other. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Mm. Yeah, def- definitely agree. And, and I think it's not like, um, as Michelle was saying, we we have been we are people of different race and God has, God has made us um, that way for a particular reason. And we need to understand like the deeper purpose behind, um, you know, why we're here and not everyone um, will hear the word in terms of going to a church or having someone preach the word to them. Sometimes it could be through friendships or through relationships that you encounter God or have a relationship with God or come to learn how to have a relationship with God. Um, so I feel like if you do kind of have a narrow mindset where actually, you know, Christians or um, you can only mingle with um, people with of one race, for example, or of one kind of culture, you then kind of lock off ways in how you can potentially share your relationship with God with others. Mm. I think a lot of people, like, especially when it comes to inter- interracial relationships, like when I was researching them, when me and Amit were getting together, in the Bible, there's a lot of, and this is a few times where God has commanded certain people not to marry, I guess, a foreign woman or people from different tribes. Um, and people use that as their excuse to be like, no, interracial relationships are wrong. But I think people need to understand that a lot of the time when God gave that instruction, it was because those people didn't share the same values. They didn't share, I guess, what God's will was. So that mm-hmm. was why his instruction was that. He didn't want that to be watered down. He didn't want, I guess, our belief in him to be watered down. And that was often why he did make those commandments. So that wouldn't be a reason to now say, oh, God doesn't really like us to mix with foreign people. But it was always for a purpose why he did give a certain commandment someone to not marry outside of their culture. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it was, you're right, it was always kind of faith first, or at least at that point, relationship with the one true God first, um, rather than bringing in idols or distraction. 
But then I think we see that because then when Jesus comes, we then see the conversations, the tricky conversations with his followers about Jews and Gentiles and who to go to and who should go where. Um, And then we see, you know, God places people knowing him above any kind of division. And actually it's then you see the instruction for people to go to people that are different to them and welcome and not make those judgments. So I think you're spot on. And it's a gorgeous thing that I just... Oh, heaven is just going to be so epic. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, I'm still thinking about food, and, and I've just got this picture of this <laughs> mad world buffet in my head. Um, so you guys, I love, love, love your YouTube videos. Um, just speaking of sharing cultures, um, I saw some funny videos, a few things that you've done. Um, one of the ones that springs to mind is, I think it was Michelle, you were having a test in Gujarati. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. That was actually the funniest one to film. I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. thoroughly. You, did, I think, you did very well. Thanks, thanks. I think living with Amit's mum has meant that what is what I find different from my home is that so in my home my parents only ever spoke our language to each other and never really to us so we understand it but we don't really speak it or we're not confident in speaking it whereas coming into an Indian household it's like they speak Gujarati to each other like it doesn't matter the fact that they're in the UK their first language is probably Gujarati so I've had to like pick that up otherwise I'll be lost in all the jokes at home so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I bet you wanted to start that pretty early, just so you know what's going on. <laughs> That's brilliant. And Amit, what about you? What Has there been anything from like Ghanaian culture, whether it be, I don't know, certain traditions or ways of being, maybe food, always food for me. Um, yeah. Kind of like, yes, this is brilliant. I'm so glad I met you. I'm so glad we're now family. <laughs> yeah, so f- for me, like definitely the whole element of like their events, they're so like colourful, so like entertaining um the clothes that they wear it's similar to like indians right big weddings really like glammed up events um they're huge on like their clothing and their traditional attire which i'm obviously familiar with from familiar with from an indian perspective so it's great to like you know see another dimension to it from like a completely different culture um and embrace like the traditional attire and then like in addition to that was the food um so obviously Indian food uh everyone knows about but for me like again experiencing a whole new suite of like dishes mm-hmm. which I'd never never seen or never like imagined before concoctions that I probably would not have tried in my lifetime had I not married Michelle <laughs> um yeah all that great stuff all that great stuff <laughs> I love that so okay what dish what's your number one then to be fair, it, it does change quite often. When I first, like, met Michelle and got to know her family, jollof rice was probably the first one that I would always go to. Um, mm. More recently, it's a Ghanaian dish called wache, which I really enjoy. Um, but it's really funny because I didn't, I don't particularly like rice, um, and these are both rice dishes. <laughs> so my family always found it so weird that at home I was always a big, like, oh, no, I don't really like rice, I'm not really into it. But then... <laughs> If, like, I bought home food from, like, Michelle's house, I went to Michelle's house, and they would ask me, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, I had jollof rice, or I had wache. And they'd be like, why don't you eat rice at home, but you can eat it at, you can eat it at Michelle's house. So it was always funny. <laughs> yeah, don't want to be offending anyone. <laughs> what can you say? 
it's a whole new world of recipes it's funny actually here at tbn uk we actually have a real multicultural team um and it's brilliant i got caught in the middle of a kind of jollof rice i wouldn't call it a war i'd call it a friendly conversation (laughs) (laughs) about how people make theirs at home the best bit was that i was sat at the dinner table so I got been trying a lot of people's different things but that's the same as me when I went to uni we had a lot of um, Nigerians that I was kind of friends with and yeah they all have their different ways so you end up tasting everything but it's just incredible so yeah. my family of Caribbeans I was the same like Caribbean families you have your way of cooking things and then suddenly you're just open to this whole new way of cooking in the kitchen what a dream absolutely uh Michelle what about you have you got a favorite Indian treat or maybe tradition yeah so Indian food I, I love 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 Indian food there's a lot of dishes I could name I love chili paneer I love a good lamb rogue and josh I probably said that really like Britishly and not authentically but yeah um yeah, to be honest, I, I literally eat every every dish. I think that was one thing that Amit's mum like loved is that I never really said, "Oh no, I don't want that." Well, I'm not going to try that. Like I literally tried everything, and it all tastes so good. Um, tradition, to be fair, I love dressing up in Indian attire. I love it. So I love going to the weddings and stuff, and getting dressed up and doing my makeup. Because I, I I I think when you're younger, I guess you are kind of intrigued about saris and stuff and how you tie them. So. Yeah, I love I love playing dress up. Oh, for sure. And I love now the fact that the kids get to dress up too in different cultures. Oh, definitely. And it's also colourful. I mean, I'm definitely all about a bit of sparkle as well. I feel like Britain, we have a problem. Like we don't we need some sparkles around here. Um I would absolutely <laughs> love it if I could dress in a sari every day. But alas, I actually have none, so maybe I need to chat to you guys about where I can source these. <laughs> just just for my loungewear, I think that'll just be perfect for me. Maybe some nice jewelry, some facial jewelry, all of that. I'm all about that. Um actually I think speaking of, I'm thinking of your wedding. I definitely spotted your wedding video as well. Um, I'm just brought back to what you said, Amit, about how everything's colourful, loud, music, all of that stuff. What I absolutely loved in your wedding video was the fact that it seemed like when your two families meet, the dance floor is definitely where <laughs> where the action happens. Yeah, absolutely. I think from um, definitely like the wedding, I think it was going into the wedding, we knew that it was quite unfamiliar territory for like both sides, right? For for Michelle's uh, Ghanaian family to host an Indian family in terms of on the wedding day and vice versa um, for an Indian family to go to essentially a white wedding and and kind of most of them who attended had probably never been to a wedding of that nature before. Um, So we we were kind of on edge on what to expect, how it will go. We kind of knew that once the ice was broken, we knew that kind of it would just be epic. And I think that really came to life, as you as you mentioned, when the dance floor opened. Yeah, both cultures, I think, love to party. I think that's one thing you can't put past us. Yeah, like, definitely. So, like, people came away from our wedding like, oh, it was like a, it was like a Bollywood wedding because it was just like loads of breaking out into dance and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was fab. It was, it was good. Yeah. And I think what was beautiful is we had um, people from, like, we had our work friends come and, you know, they sometimes they may not know, like, kind of the... Um, the whole like complexity of our union or, you know, and, and they came away saying like, Oh my God, it was like one of the best weddings I've ever been to. Like you would, you could never tell that there was kind of any kind of not conflict, but any standoff between the family beforehand in terms of um, race and et cetera. So I think that was just kind of really powerful 
to for us as a couple to kind of see like wow it really came to life and it really like our union came to fruition um in like the most perfect way possible right yeah it looked absolutely beautiful and all smiles it did look fantastic I think I've got to how old am I? I'm 26 and I still haven't been to an Indian wedding. I'm so upset about it. Um, I keep trying to get people hurried up with their relationships just so I can get to this party. <laughs> which is be so much fun. Um, and I'm just curious as well, just in terms of your kind of lives and your outlooks, some of the things you've shared, what kind of church do you go to? Um, we go to a Pentecostal church. So all singing, all dancing and... <laughs> Yes, a little bit like the wedding. (laughs) Well, I suppose if you both enjoy music and things, it's always good to be at a Pentecostal church. I think my first experience of going to church out of choice was Pentecostal church with my grandma. It's just a good fun, isn't it? Yeah, very good vibes and very uplifting and stuff. So yeah, definitely. And so in terms of your YouTube, um, I've noticed you definitely share a lot of your kind of life, things that maybe, um, I wouldn't say they're more private, but just things like your kind of parenting tips, some of your holidays. Um, I noticed recently the weight loss journey that you guys have been sharing as well. Um, And I just thought I'd ask, well, firstly, what has been your favorite thing to kind of share and document? And secondly, what makes you willing or why do you think it's important to share kind of authentically these parts of your life so for me i it's funny actually i'd say the most interesting part to share is probably the weight loss journey um along with kind of all the stuff we've done for interracial um like raising awareness and and racial equality and all that kind of stuff all that great stuff um but i think for me personally i think the the weight loss journey was almost like a personal thing that we kind of set ourselves a challenge, set ourselves a goal, and we really kind of tackled it as a as a family, I would say. Um and again we can see the kind of we can, we see the fruits of it and I think it's probably one of our, our biggest achievements in um in recent times. So it's been great to be able to share that. And you know, I think our our um desire to share it on our platform was kind of A to have accountability. Um so that people, you know, we were accountable to to our subscribers. So in times where we lack motivation, we know that they'll be there to kind of like, no, we need to do it for them guys because we said we're going to do it. Um, but also to show others who are probably, you know, in a similar position or also want to try and incorporate a healthy lifestyle or try and improve um, their lifestyle. It might be that they have kids, they also work a nine to five, they can't fit the time in. Um, various caveats as to why, you know, they're, their lifestyle and their health might be quite low down the pecking order. Um, but yeah, just to kind of shed light on, on the importance of it and the significance of it. Um, so yeah, I'll say my favourite part of our channel, I don't think it's like a specific video, but I think it's like being able to look back and see, I guess, how far we've come from and just having issues and our, when we, I think when we filmed our You Can't Marry Her video where we spoke about how, I guess, how hard it was in the beginning and not knowing that if we would be able to get married to now, I guess, looking on our videos where we've talking about, we've spoken about having two under twos and like we've got a family now. So it's just showing how much we've grown together. And for me, it's kind of like a testimony to be able to look back over those videos and see where we are now and how we, we didn't think we would be where we are today. And it's only by the grace of God. And also it's just being able to share that testimony with others. So other people that are in similar situations as we were or other couples that look like us in terms of being interracial or whatever not thinking 
work out. There, this does offer some people that hope to know that it can work out, and it's not all negativity because I feel like it, it can get very clouded by fear. Because when me and I were getting married, I had some family members that were like, "Okay, just I know that you guys want to get married and stuff, but just still look, keep your eyes out, like look look out for other guys because it might not work or stuff." So it's like a lot of fear there. Whereas I guess having our videos now to show that it can work is there for someone else and it, it is us living out our purpose as well in terms of helping that integration um, in society. Yeah, and just to add to what Michelle said there, actually, in terms of like how we, Michelle touched on it, like a testimony from God. And sometimes, again, to go back to that narrative of we think we can sometimes be so dimensional in, in thinking, oh, we just need to share it to the congregation in church, share our testimony, and, and that's kind of it. But I think for, for us, we've realized that our YouTube channel is a great outlet and a great platform to, to be able to share all the good things that, that happen in a day-to-day, in our day-to-day lives um, due to our relationship with God and how we've kind of progressed from where we started to where we are now. Um, and also share the bad times because we don't want to paint a picture where you know, we live a perfect life and nothing ever goes wrong or, you know, we're forever happy or we don't, we, we don't kind of run into any obstacles. So we try to keep it as, as honest and as transparent as possible. Right. And I totally see that on your channel. I think that's what, I think that's why I got sucked in and ended up watching however many hours <laughs> of content. But I think it was just really nice to see that, I think it's just a true picture of marriage. So it's not just, it's not all sunshines and rainbows. You go on, you know, whether it's little journeys in terms of a weight loss challenge or it's, you know, some real kind of stories of obstacles you've overcome, that really is marriage. And I think it differs a lot from just the kind of pristine, um, you know, sparkly dating kind of scene that we see on TV and YouTube. And it's all just very odd and perfect and you choose whatever the best thing is then and there and you ditch this person and you get another person I think your (laughs) channel is just an amazing picture of marriage like you guys seem like such good friends and you're going on a journey and you're sharing that journey highs and lows um so I think that's really really lovely so with every single guest on the podcast I've been asking them our take five question and for you guys as you've put your family holidays onto YouTube you've got some memories there it's documented I wanted to ask you if you were going on a family holiday let's say next week and you could only take five items five luxury items what would you guys need to take with you? Can I just ask are we taking our kids with us? (laughs) Um, if you guys want to have a chat about whether you want to take the kids, that could be quite funny. <laughs> um, but I'll let you guys decide, um, cause then maybe the objects would differ. Okay. So let's go. Okay. Let's go without the kids. Okay. Without the kids. Without the kids. Five luxury items I would take. Ooh. <laughs> mm, is, is this because, is this because if you took the kids, you'd need 30 luxury items? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, lots and lots of toys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing I would take is a neck pillow for the flights because I can't live without that. Yeah, I you're, the time. yeah you're not the only person to have said that, so it's a good one. Oh, that is a good one. I would take my, I would definitely take my um, AirPods. Okay, so that's two items. Definitely need some headphones, yeah. I'm not going to say phones because that doesn't count as luxury to me. But that would be in there. 
it's a necessity. I suppose if you've left the kids at home, like I'll, I'll allow it. You can have your phone. Okay. okay nice. Um, do you know what I would like to take? And I mean, it's not really a luxury, but I would take a case of Diet Coke because I love Diet Coke. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you could probably buy that there, right? Maybe. <laughs> Never be too safe. Yeah. So you've got you've got your neck pillow. So so basically, Michelle, you're going to be asleep, and it's going to be absolutely wired because he's had five cokes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you've got your AirPods. And I've got my AirPods, yeah. Okay, so that's three items gone. Um, what, what else would I take? Um, my makeup bag. i take my makeup bag so I can be looking nice on the holidays. I know what you would take. Camera. Yeah, I would definitely take a camera. That's true. I'm a photographer, so I would definitely, most definitely take a camera. And or probably a... A video um, camera so that we can film vlog. Camera, ca- camera, camera. You know, you know yeah. <laughs> of course, you've got to, you know, you've got to give the people what they want. You, you can't go on holiday without sharing. Now, you've got to yeah. take, <laughs> got to take that camera. Okay, so you've got your neck pillow. You're relaxed. You've got your diet coke. Was it? Yep. You got your music. You're plugged in because the phone I allowed, and then you've got your camera to make sure that the people are able to see what you're up to. Is that five? I need to get better at counting. That's four. I think there's a. Wait, what did you? What did I say? I said makeup bag. Ah. Oh yeah, makeup bag. That's it. That's the fifth. There you go. You're ready to go. You can tell that you guys are definitely on YouTube because you are ready to go. You've got everything. that's brilliant guys well thank you so much for talking to me and um, it's been a pleasure i hope that i haven't taken up too much of your time to relax without the kids <laughs> not at all thank you very much for having us we hope you've loved the tbn uk take five podcast and we hope to see you back listening to the next episode in the meantime don't forget you can download the tbn uk app to watch all of our content see us on the go you can watch us live and we'd love to see you there until next time